You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. And what will the Cowboys look like this week? Well, if it's anything like the last several weeks, we know that means pretty dominant. Um, Unfortunately, this matchup, Tom, has lost a little bit of luster as they prepare to take on a Seattle Seahawks team that at one point in time early this season – was thought to be a true contender in their division, if not in the conference, and now is just kind of struggling to keep their heads above 500. Yeah, I've been pointing towards this for, gosh, I don't know how long. Uh, Several weeks now, I thought this was the kickoff of the hard stretch. This was when Dallas was really going to have to be fighting an uphill battle. They were going to have to take on teams and prove they could beat good football. And, then over the past three three or four weeks, Seattle's just kind of stumbled. Now, admittedly, that includes the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers, two very good teams. But they really just haven't looked good at all during the, the last month. And now, uh, you know, for us, looking through the Cowboys filter, it's like, are we going to get more of the same? Because all season, when the Cowboys have played good games, arguably outstanding games, there's always been the yeah, but about the quality of the opponents. Now we're facing kind of the same thing because if the Cowboys win, Seattle goes home a 500 football team. They'll be six and six. And everybody be going, yeah, but. Well, I put it up basically up on Twitter after they won the last game, and I said, get ready for it. If the Cowboys stomp out Seattle next week, or even if they win that game, there will be naysayers that will then say they still haven't beaten anybody. And to that end, Tom, I think they have a little bit of a leg to stand on. I think you Mm -hmm. and I both agree that – while the Cowboys can only beat the teams in front of them, and you could argue they have beaten the bad ones as much or as badly as anybody has in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, all included. But having said that, they haven't beat any of the teams that we consider to be true contenders this year either. And so for that reason... Both sides have plenty of ammunition when it comes to the battle of are the Cowboys a legitimate contender or not? It's what makes this team, quite frankly, so polarizing for year from year to year, but specifically this year. Yeah. And just you know, taking a moment to look past the, the Seahawks game, it turns out the Eagles rematch is going to be the first real test about 
of the team against a really good opponent. We're just going to have to see how it goes. With that being said, that's on the horizon. The Cowboys cannot overlook a team here in prime time on Thursday that while they do get to play at home, again, Tom, I think by the time we get to game time, the Cowboys are going to find themselves double-digit point favorites for the fourth week in a row. But they don't get to set those odds. It's up to them to go out and show that they deserve that. And quite frankly, each one of the last three games, they've not only – one by double digits, they've actually covered the spread in all of those cases. So you put the bar for the Cowboys to achieve. And here recently, especially at home, they've done that. So mm -hmm. how do they then match up against the Seattle team? And what areas are there, if any, of concern about how potentially the Cowboys maybe come out flat or, dare I say, lose this game against Seattle here tonight? I, it's it's such a trite thing to say, God, they almost have to beat themselves. Yet, you kind of feel that way. Uh, the, the, right now, the talent level, when you look at the roster the Cowboys have against the roster that the Seahawks have, there are so many places that the Cowboys just have a clear advantage. Uh, coaching? I'll confess, I've never been a huge fan of Pete Carroll's coaching. I think he's made some boneheaded mistakes at times. I think he tends to be a little old-fashioned, which, you know, given how old he is, you kind of might expect that. I think they – so I think the Cowboys have an advantage on the offensive coaching staff. They definitely – you know, they got Dan Quinn. I'm sorry, I think Dan Quinn can stand up and at least be – equal to any other defensive coordinator in the league, and he's better than probably 30 of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's – I just – they should win this game. It's at home. For, you know, suddenly since – and let's don't forget, this is since Mike McCarthy came to town. AT&T Stadium has been a scene for some home cooking for the Cowboys. They just have done extremely well with that stuff. Uh you know, and it's, and I do want to have, I do want to add just as a little Philip. Um, you know, the Cowboys come out of this and they're going to go, well, do they prove anything? I'm also going to be interested to see where those rival Philadelphia Eagles are sitting after they face the San Francisco 49ers. Cause that means that this week and next week, there's could be some real sorting among the NFC teams as to who is the best team, uh, I'm just saying we're gonna we we may finally we may start to find out is the Eagles' record a little hollow because they seem to escape some close games and get lucky at times, which we're not objective completely about the Eagles. Let's face it. Still, it just seems like they, they've had too many close games. They've been pushed uh, kind of to the end of the game, and there have been some breaks that have fallen their way. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, um, that we're not necessarily indifferent to the Eagles because they're not indifferent to us either, and they <laughs> make it a point to stick their noses into what the Cowboys are doing and try to downgrade 
what they have done. And specifically, there was a reporter there in Philadelphia. I think his name is Jeff Cobb, who works at Fox 4 in Philadelphia, who put out a tweet. You might have seen this because I, I think it went viral amongst you know Cowboys Nation. And it was basically a tweet that said the Dallas Cowboys have had the worst opponents winning percentage since like the Buffalo Bills did back, you know, several seasons ago, a couple decades ago. Yeah. And the part he failed to mention is that the Eagles have nearly the exact same opponents as the Cowboys, save for one or two differences. Yeah. And it's so basically, to that end. Yeah. It's, it's, I think now three team three teams that are different that they go up against uh, mm-hmm. the rest. Yeah. They, they, they face their own division. They face a division this year. It was the uh, NFC West and the AFC West. Both teams have that in common. And then it was just a matter of whether they played the number one or the number two teams in other divisions, which, yeah. And it also doesn't look at the fact at the margins of victory the Cowboys have been putting up. I mean, at some point that has to count for something. Now, admittedly, if they can't put up the big points against the good teams, and we're going to see four pretty dang good teams starting, uh, you know, next week, the whole month of December uh, is the hardest slate of games that they've had all season. You know, they've got the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions. Those are all teams that are really in the thick of things for uh, the playoffs. Uh, will the Lions be actually a, a harder matchup than the Eagles? That's hard to say because Dan Campbell's got some stuff cooking up there in Detroit. Yeah, those will is... be those will be fascinating matchups. Although I I could see a world where like each one of those opponents, by the time the Cowboys get to them gets a little downgraded in our minds if they slip up between now and then. And mm-hmm. so even then, like I could see a world where if the Cowboys don't beat the Eagles, it won't matter what they do until we get to the first round of the playoffs. And that's kind of become a theme, right? The more we get to that place where you almost say, hey, like press fast forward and get us to these climactic moments that will potentially determine the fate of the franchise – that's where things like get really, really heavy. But we don't want to go just that far down the road just yet. I agree with you that I think it will take the Cowboys doing it to themselves a little bit to ultimately lose this game against Seattle. But there are a few items that we should at least you know be aware of. First and foremost, Kenneth Walker, not going to be available in this game. He's been a dynamic running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Instead, he's going to be replaced by Zach Charbonnet, I believe is how they pronounce that. And I'm not yeah. like a draft guy. Uh, I probably should know better by now, but uh, he's a pretty talented back out of UCLA. If you watch college football, you certainly have heard that name before. And uh, he's really talented. The question is, have they utilized his talents to that degree? And can they utilize his talents behind an offensive line that has not been very good this season? And, and they Seattle has not had a productive running attack. They're down, I can't remember if they were like the bottom quarter uh, certainly, I think you in the said bottom, bottom seven, like they were the seventh worst. Yeah, so that would be in the bottom quarter of the league. Uh, and so the and 
see that's that to me is another thing that says the Cowboys ought to do well because the one place the Cowboys have had a bit of an issue or the clearest issue when they're on defense is that sometimes the running game has gotten to them some big, big plays up, you know, that they have not stopped well. Uh, and I just don't right now, Seattle doesn't seem to have the horses to do that. Now I knock on wood when I say that, because we've seen the Cowboys defy the expectations this way so many times it's uh, it has been a pleasant surprise now for three games in a row that the Cowboys have not just lived up to, but I think largely exceeded the expectations against lesser opponents. And so now we need to say that again, but let's face it with Dallas's defense. Don't you kind of want Seattle dropping back to pass? 100%. And, yeah. and that's how this game script kind of seems to play out. Um, granted, I guess you could be fooled into thinking, and I, I did initially think it for a second. I thought, well, you know, Gino, Gino Smith has got some mobility, but he's on, you know, the later side of 30 these days. He's not the same Gino Smith that could break off, you know, 80 to 100 yards rushing in a game. And I certainly don't think he's getting away from Micah Parsons into Marcus Lawrence at this mm -hmm. point. So yeah. I'm not necessarily worried about him being able to Josh Dobbs you to death in any way. Um, if he's dropping back to pass and throwing, which they will likely have to do to win this game, that plays extremely favorably into the Cowboys' hands and potentially plays right into a Cowboys defensive back's hands. <laughs> Thank you. We, I, 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 when I saw – Deron Bland break the all-time NFL record for pick sixes in a season. I remember having this thought of this can't really be happening, can it? Uh, it was, uh, you know, I just, I, 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 I was thinking, well, okay, he's tied it. Maybe he's got enough games left that he can get one more, although the odds are really against it and it's just that oh my gosh there he goes <laughs> <laughs> that's just it like that's i mean you feel like yeah the odds are against him and yet i mean look how much time he has left look at yeah. how much more he could potentially do to stretch this record out because of what we just mentioned how many times potentially the cowboys game scripts could go in this way where Opponents are dropping back to pass, and they have to get rid of the ball quickly. I mean, granted, like, I also thought to myself, hey, is there a way that the Cowboys could lose this game uh, throwing the ball deep, right? Could they take advantage of Deron Bland perhaps looking to jump routes or make picks and perhaps hit him with a double move? But the reason they can't or that teams don't seem to be able to is because the Cowboys are on them so quickly they don't have the time to, to drop back and take the time that it takes to execute a double move. You don't have that much time to make a decision in the pocket before it collapses on you with this Dallas defensive front. Yeah, and I, I've got to mention, since you did mention about Deron Bland having so much time left, I just looked at the projected quarterbacks that he faces before the end of the season. Josh Allen... Josh Allen and Sam Howell tied for the most interceptions in the league. Turnover. Uh
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Jalen Hurts six. Tua Tagovailoa. I gotta get down and pronounce it Tagovailoa. Tongavailoa. You got to say Tongavailoa. Okay. He is right behind Hertz. Uh, you know, he's next in, in most uh, pick. He's tied with Hertz for picks. And they wrap up. Uh, you know, Jared Goff is, I think, 12th or so, 10th or 12th. He's all of them, all of them tend to throw a lot of interceptions. God. I don't, I don't, I don't want to jinx it, but man, this could become an historic season for Deron Bland. That potentially defensive player of the year type of season. Uh, a couple more of those, and he may just run off into the sunset and win it. I think he certainly vaulted himself into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And as some injuries take place to you know favorites like Miles Garrett and Bosa there in in uh, San Francisco. Shoot, Deron Bland, you know, the only thing that might be hurting him is that his teammate is so excellent as well. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it, how how high is Michael Parsons going to be on that? Because he's I know. How do you too... give a defensive player of the year award to a player on Micah Parsons' team that's not Micah Parsons? It, it sounds ludicrous, and yet it makes perfect sense when you look at what Bland has done. And – you know, let's face it, it's a feel-good story because Michael Parsons was the number one pick. Deron Bland, nobody knew who the heck he was. Mm. Cowboys went and found themselves an absolute gem, a star yeah. there in the fifth round, sixth round, fifth round. Yeah, it was fifth. I, I, yeah, well, Day three. Fun. Either way, not one you yeah. anticipate to play to the level level that he has this and season. He, and, and he's only out there because Trayvon Diggs got hurt. Mm-hmm. And if Diggs had not gotten hurt, this probably wouldn't have happened. 
to Bland. He would have still seen some action, but if he saw it, it would have been as the third corner, not out there covering one of the top receivers to the other the other side. <sighs> We're digressing. Well, I was actually just thinking about the next thing I want to talk about, and I'm thinking to myself, here we are like 15, 20 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't talked about the guy that everybody is talking about or seemingly talking about all of the time in regards yeah. to his evaluation good, good or as bad. America's team's quarterback. And talking about vaulting yourself into conversations, Dak Prescott has vaulted himself into the MVP conversation. Strictly by numbers alone, you have to put him in that conversation. Yeah. But in addition to that, how it's happened over the last several weeks, Tom, I think is even more inspiring and hope fulfilling for Cowboys fans. Yeah. Cause he's, he's throwing, I'm trying to think he didn't throw any picks last week and he threw one, I think the week before. So that was eight touchdowns and only one interception, I believe in two games. He's he leads up, the league, by the way, on that quick narrative, he leads the league in the lowest percentage of turnover worthy throws this season. So yeah. the numbers reflect it. He's back down to his career average of about 1.6% or whatever it was mm -hmm. in terms of interception rate when last season that number was like 2.8 or something outrageous, way beyond what his typical percentage would be. Yeah, and despite, despite Joy Taylor's rant she had the other day, he is leading in some important statistical categories they're the ones you have to look a little deeper for, though. They're not just volume stats and all that. And it is ironic that she gave her big thing about how many times do you look and say, Dak Prescott, wow, look at him. On the same day it was announced he won the FedEx Air Player of the Week. Mm. So, you know, it's like, okay, I just, I really, you know, back when she was working with Colin Cowherd, I, I kind of thought she had something going. Now I really want to see her get him embarrassed at the end of the season man it is really true though like uh Dak the highest touchdown percentage of his career lowest interception rate percentage of his career since his rookie year uh in addition to that um he's only I mean he's still actually been sacked a decent amount like 22 times he's taken a, a decent amount of sacks this year but like his numbers his quarterback rating highest quarterback rating of his career through a season thus far 107 his QBR right up there amongst his highest rated seasons. It is been it has been a spectacular season for Dak Prescott. But I really also got to give credit because I take things away from this character at times as well. Mike McCarthy deserves some credit for changing what didn't work in the early part of the season in their bye week and making an adjustment and allowing Dak Prescott to be the Dak Prescott that we've seen over the last several weeks. The Dak Prescott that pushes the ball downfield. The Dak Prescott that isn't necessarily making the first read quickest decision, get the ball out, but is actually getting to read the defense and make a decision about where the vulnerability is going to be. That's the Dak Prescott that I'm excited to see. In addition to that, Mike McCarthy is helping him with pre-snap motion. And... You know, with with option routes, right? With with adjustments within the routes that I think we didn't see early on this season. Yeah. It's it's a bit of of an exaggeration, 
but it's almost like we're seeing two different offensive schemes before and after the bye. It and, is. And it's, it's uh, you know, the, they have I, – I think the thing that really strikes me is that there is no concern about whether they are establishing the run. If the run isn't working, they just start slinging it more. And what has happened, I think, is we're now back into the situation you get sometimes – where the passing game will get clicking and all of a sudden the run will start busting. I think Pollard's had three plays that have gone for over 20 yards in the past two games. Uh, mm-hmm. And and he really looked pretty good last week. He just didn't have that many opportunities because the Cowboys were they, were, they were getting such chunk plays and scoring, they weren't on the field. And it's like they let the Washington Commanders offense wear itself out. It was weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, I just look, I think McCarthy gets locked right. And I think, as you pointed out, McCarthy wins in December. You know, yes. uh, he, he just, that's his month. It has been. And I think, I think it could surprise us. And, so let's just consider this since if it wasn't a Thursday game, it'd be a December game. So we're counting this. So McCarthy's going to win another December game. <laughs> I'm counting this as a December game. And look, I mean, the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for having the Cowboys where they are. It's unfortunate at this point now that the Seattle side has not necessarily lived up to their billing. Mm-hmm up to this point, but I still think they can be a very dangerous team, and the Cowboys have to respect that. Yeah. The good news is Mike McCarthy has had them respecting teams that perhaps the media was not, perhaps even his owner was not, right? The announcement of uh, Jimmy Johnson's ring of honor before the Panthers game strikes me as a moment where perhaps the entire organization was not taking an opponent seriously. That didn't affect the way that the Cowboys performed on the field. And so I don't expect it in any way, shape, or form to affect the way they perform against this Seattle team. And I think they are at least a touchdown better or more. Yeah, and I, I will say that that may be the the last thing that puts them over the hump. I actually I actually spoke to someone who said he uh, he has a friend who has dealings with Jerry Jones. And he got one day he got a chance to speak to Jerry Jones. And he said, you know, they're never going to win the Super Bowl until you put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. So my friend gets credit because <laughs> he was the oh, one. Right. <laughs> no, oh, I was, uh, I'm sure that I was, was not say, the first time that Jerry heard that. <laughs> Bingo, right? I bet that's the very first time Jerry heard that. I do wonder what made him change his mind. I do wonder what that was that pushed him over the hump. Perhaps. He was the straw that broke the camel's back on that front. Or maybe Jerry did realize he's got to do something to shake up the curse without him actually selling the team or displacing himself as GM because he's never going to do. And I honestly honestly think a a part of the equation is Jerry just had to face the fact that if he waits any longer, he may not get the opportunity because these aren't two spring chickens. No, I, and, uh, I think you're exactly and, right on. 
but yeah, I'm just I'm thrilled for it. I thought it it was exciting. I think it's going to make for a great game. Uh, you know, it's going to happen during the Lions game, so it's going to be a festive atmosphere. And it doesn't matter because, as you said, McCarthy has this team focused on the task at hand. They are they are taking these teams seriously. They are you know they they seem to really get into administering a beatdown to a to a team once they get them down which is a killer instinct that we haven't always seen from the Cowboys they they get they get on top of a team and they have a tendency to kind of slack up and let them hang around not this year they get them down and they kick them and then after they kick them they stomp up so, and and <laughs> that's I'm you know I'm normally a, a, a very caring and loving individual except when it comes to the game of football Stomp on him, please. Yeah, come on. It's you know, I'm not I'm not talking, you know, don't don't tell Neville Gallimore he can actually cook, kick people in the groin, but you know, figuratively, you need to I think you need I credit to Micah Parsons for that. I think I credit Micah Parsons for bringing that mentality to the Cowboys. I think it started, you know, his rookie season when uh it was in the preseason and the coaches told him he needed to come out of the game or he wasn't going to play. And he's like, no, I absolutely want to continue to play. And he had to be held off the field to do that. Like I, I do believe it's his fire that, that fuels that defense to perform in this way, because like, I think tank is a great leader, but the defense didn't always do that when tank was the main man. And that's not necessarily a knock on tank. I don't necessarily think he's that guy perhaps per se, but Micah has certainly brought that. He yeah, has certainly I, brought that. And just as you have to credit Mike McCarthy for what he's done with the offense, I think some of that also flows from Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, and he just – and, yes, th- this is one of those situations, and uh, we may be looking – you know, once again, we're, we're getting off the yeah, – because let's be honest. We are not concerned about the Seahawks. We have a little bit of worry, uh, you know, that they the Cowboys might not look look as good as they should. And there's always the possibility that the Seahawks could suddenly get feisty and this could be a close game or, or you know, I'm not going to mention the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, we're just going to step on from that. But the uh, we're kind of looking at, at the whole thing. The Cowboys can't get it done this year. When? So, well, I don't want to have that conversation just yet, Tom. I don't want to have that conversation just yet. But Cowboys got to take care of business first and foremost. If they hold serve and beat the six and five Seattle Seahawks tonight, then they will be just two losses away, two down in the loss column against the Philadelphia Eagles, who take on the San Francisco 49ers there over the weekend. So, a great opportunity, hopefully. For the Cowboys to gain a game on Philadelphia and perhaps go into that game next week with an opportunity to tie them for the division lead. So all that starts with a win tonight against the Seattle Seahawks, and we'll have you covered for it. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel for the pre- and post-game show there. Just search Blogging the Boys on YouTube, and you can find us. We would love to hear your thoughts and interactions as well. You can hit Tom up at at TomRileBTB on Twitter, and you can hit me up at RDub3. Parting words, Tom? 
before I tell the people sayonara. Yeah, I I just I just want to see the Cowboys keep I hate momentum. I hate the term momentum because it's not it's anything that can change 180 degrees in an instant ain't momentum. I want to see the confidence, the drive. I want to see the trend of results continue because I think that is the most important thing. Now, this instead of being a test of their metal the way I thought it was going to be uh, up to a couple of weeks ago, this is a test of whether they can keep the throttle open, whether they can keep charging ahead. And that, to me, is what I want to see. I'm like you. I, I, I'll be, If it's not a 20-point win, I'm going to be a little disappointed. That's just that's the, ha- the attitude I'm taking now, at least until they face the Eagles, when it's going to be more like, well, if they don't beat them by at least ten, you know. But right now, if they don't put up a twenty point win in this game, uh, I'll be a little disappointed and might even be a little concerned. Every opponent after this, I'll accept a single digit victory, but tonight, double digits are bust, or we failed. Right. I, I, I agree. I mean, no disrespect, no disrespect, Seattle fans, but I mean, you've seen your own team, so what are you going to say? Yeah, no, no disrespect. We just don't respect it. Yeah, no, but no respect. Also, <laughs> <laughs> for Tom, Tom Roy, y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.